Hey everyone, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to MikeyOp.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us, and it's free. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com. Thanks. Hi, I'm Mike Oppenheim, and you're listening to Coffin Talk, Exit Interviews with the Living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our life. And today I feel extra blessed because I have Rabbi James Morell, all the way from Seattle, Washington, uh, on the line with us. And uh, he actually was the uh, rabbi who married my wife and I, Alana. So uh, welcome, James. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for calling me. I appreciate it. Of course, and thank you for taking time to uh, help us answer questions about the meaning of life and death. Um, and so I figured you'd be a great guest because not only are you an eloquent and intelligent speaker, but uh, you're not exactly like the most uh, run-of-the-mill, everyday rabbi that I've met. You have a lot of um, really interesting philosophies, and, and your track record is incredible. So do you want to get into like what it's like to be a rabbi and how you fell into that and everything? Well, we're going back a long way in history because I've been doing this for about 50 years, so I can't remember all the factors that went into it. But many years ago, when I was uh, in college, I was thinking about what I wanted to do with my life, and I've been always very involved with Judaism and a you know person of faith. And uh, I said this would be a good fit for what I who I am as a person and what I like to do. So that's the path that I chose. I applied to go to the rabbinical school. And when I graduated many years ago, I've been on that path since that time, close to 50 years. And it's been a great journey. And I think it's been a good choice for me because it fits into who I am. And it gives me an opportunity to help people at times of joy, like you and your wife. And, uh, also many times in times of sorrow and loss. That's great, and that's uh, awesome, and I would uh, love to be able to say the same thing about myself, but unfortunately I went down a different path, so I interview people like you who provide um, inspiration and faith and comfort. But um, more specifically, with regards to Judaism, uh, so I'm going to assume you were raised Jewish, but uh, did, was there any sort of like moment in your life where you felt really compelled by Judaism specifically? Well, I, that's a very good question. I can't say there was a moment like a, a aha moment when this all took off because it's something that I've had since the day I was born. It's always been a big part of my life. But uh, certainly there have been moments when I've experienced uh, times when it's been a challenge and I've always felt that my faith has been a big part of what's gotten me through the challenging times of life. And so it's been a personal journey, but it's also a professional journey of helping people and being part of life. Uh, many, many lives, you know, thousands of people, weddings, bar mitzvahs, funerals, certainly, and, and certainly people who, who are on a journey towards death as a come to the end of life and being with them, talking with them. So that's all I can say is that every day is a new day. Every day is a challenge. Awesome. Um, not that challenges are awesome, but that you see it that way because I agree. And I think that's sort of what makes you, at least for me, immediately accessible as someone who's interesting to talk to and comforting 
So with regards to your your career and um, and your faith, what what would you say is your faith? Like, how would you explain your faith in Judaism? Meaning, with regards to death, um, what do you think in the what is your opinion of the Jewish death? Of what what a rabbi, what the rabbinical school would teach you, what you believe. Well, first of all, Judaism is very down to earth religion, even though it has you know elements of esoteric concepts, but really the down to earth religion that everyone is born, everybody's going to die is part of the natural plan, God's plan, it's the plan of nature, so no one can avoid the uh, elements of your mortality and it's Judaism believes that you live your life as fully as you can every single day every day is a blessing uh, we try to keep a person alive as long as possible and but there will be a time when you have to let go of life and when you let go of life um, you want to do so with a whole heart and without too many regrets so I think that I'm going to help a person make uh, good decisions around life and death and recognize that it's just an inevitable part of being alive and it's something that you cannot avoid. So you have to face it uh, each day, that every day could be your last day. One of the, what the rabbis said was repent. They mean get right with God every single day because that day might be your last day so don't put it off for for tomorrow okay great and that actually is a good leaping point for the kind of questions i like to ask anyone and um most of my audience i'm going to assume is of a western uh theology and if even if they're not religious uh they would be most familiar with christianity so i'd like you to help them understand and me actually um I know in the Christian version, there's a heaven and a hell in the afterlife. Can you explain the afterlife according to Judaism? And and please make sure it's the version you believe in as well. Yeah. Well, Judaism really is the Western religion. It's a, it's a root mother religion of the Western world. And Christianity and, and Islam derive most of the concepts from Judaism. So the, the view of the afterlife that Christians follow and the ones that Muslims follow is based on the Jewish view. And the Jewish view is that when we are alive, we are blessed. But when we, when we die, we don't cease to exist, but we continue to exist in another realm. And that realm is called the afterlife. Now, exactly what the afterlife is, it's explained, you know, in various places or theories, but the recognition in Judaism that it's, it's a, something that you don't really know until you, until you get there. So you can, you can speculate on it, you can have certain views of it, but it's really not 100% known. It's a faith. Now, the, the afterlife is, you know, an unknown, but the one view that was created within the Jewish tradition is that at the end of life, you will be judged according to your life, how well you did. And there might be some type of reward. There might be some type of punishment. There might be a little bit of both. Uh, but even if there is a time of 
a reckoning or punishment, that's a temporary part of being purified, and eventually you will have a blessing, and you will be rewarded. But there's a there's a debate about it. What is the what is God really looking for? And so some people call that heaven. Some people call it, you know, the world to come. And there also could be some type of purification or punishment. You can call that hell. You can call that a process of some sort. But the main thing is that you do exist beyond life on earth. So the afterlife idea that you don't stop existing when you die, but you go to a different kind of life, a different kind of uh, existence. That's the commonality of Western religion that was based on the Jewish view. Now, of course, there's no guarantee. And if I can, someone said, do you, do you know what's going to happen to me when I die? I cannot say I know what's going to happen to you. I can have a certain belief in it. But I would always say that if God is with you now, God is going to be with you after you die. And you have to trust in God and that it will all turn out for the best. And so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But I also say it's natural for people to be unsure and have anxiety about the unknown. And certainly death is unknown. So people would might, even if they have great faith, they might have a moment of certain anxiety. And that's true for anybody. So, um, it is a challenging thing because they don't want to tell people something uh, that that you're sure that's going to happen, and you're not sure. And uh, no one can be sure while they're alive exactly what's going to happen when we die. Now, faith is that element that kind of lifts you up and say, I have a strong hope for a positive life after life. And that's you know, I said that I, I agree with you. I believe that. I believe that personally. And I think that you will have a good future and trust in God. And, you know, it says in the book of Psalms, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not afraid because you are with me. So if God is with you while you're living, God will be with you after you die and God will take care of you. And, you know, it's faith. It's nothing I can't. Uh, can't guarantee it, but it's something if you believe, it could give you comfort. That's that's really great and that's really compelling to think about and one of the things you said that really got me thinking is that this is actually before this afterlife so is it almost not is it fair, but has it ever crossed your mind or is it in any of these texts that maybe this life is actually less important than the fuller life of the afterlife that this is just a part of that very good question, the deep question, and the, the rabbis who are the teachers of Judaism uh, from ancient times, they said some people think of this life as the essence, and the afterlife is you know not as important. But other people said, no, this life is just the vestibule, it's just the entryway to the most important form of life, and the life after this life is really the real life. So it depends on your emphasis. But I think that Judaism in general say, while you're alive, while you're in this world and on this earth, 
you should always think about this as being the most important because that's what you're doing now. When you get to the afterlife, you worry about it that, then you worry about it then. You see what it's all about. But um, we don't, I would say Judaism says, equally important life here and life in the hereafter. I would say it's more of an equal thing. But you hear some people say, but this is just preparation for the life to come after. The life after life is really the, the true essence. And in terms of maybe if you look at just pure mathematics, well, you'll be dead a lot longer than you were alive. So just in terms of time, that's true. You know, you're going into an infinity. And now in life here on Earth, you're in a finite world. So that's something to be said about that. Wow. Okay, cool. And then this also really dovetails into my normal question that I ask in a layman about the subject, which is how does your view on death affect the way you live? And I do want to get personal with you as well as keeping it um, of the more like you speaking on behalf of a religion. So I'm going to keep asking the questions the way I am, but I we have a lot of wiggle room in time. So I do plan on asking you on a more personal level, a few of these questions, maybe again, or you can just kind of answer both. But the reason I'm bringing it up that way is I'm curious, you said that it may or may not be punitive and it may or may not be a reward system. So how much of Judaism is like based on don't do this versus do this? So in other words, like thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not, you know, there's the 10 commandments very famously. Yeah. So how, how does that work out? Well, it's first of all, everything you do is important. Everything that you do is important because your actions uh, define your life. Judaism puts a lot of emphasis on what you do, what you f believe, what you think, not so much important because our thoughts are really complex. And every day we have different kinds of thoughts and we, we sleep at night, we have dreams. These are things are of the, the mind. And Judaism is more of a religion of what you do. So it's true that, like all religions, there are th things that the Torah, our tradition says we should do, and there are some things we say we should not do. Now, nobody is perfect, so no one's going to be able to follow all of those rules all the time. So if you take things like you shall not steal, one of the Ten Commandments. Well, that is a very positive and important rule. Do not steal. But sometime during your life, might you take something that does not belong to you, whether unwittingly or maybe in a moment of weakness? Yes. So you have to be able to live with the idea that you're not perfect and that that's where repentance comes in. You say you are sorry on one time, you know, once a year on Yom Kippur is a day of atonement. There are also things that you should do. You should love your neighbor as yourself. That's a positive thing. Well, that's a good thing to try to do. And maybe 99 times out of 100, you will be loving to your neighbor. Maybe one time you'll fail to be loving or you'll be less than loving or respecting your parents. Maybe you won't respect your parents every single time. So there'll be there'll be imperfections, but what you do is the essence of life. The positive things you should do, the negative things you shouldn't do, and uh, we do the best we can, but I, I, we don't think that God expects us to be perfect. 
because that's not the nature of who we are as people. We'll be imperfect. So we live with that imperfection. But just because we're imperfect doesn't mean we're going to be punished after after we die. It's the way that the rabbis say, you, there are some people who are all good and some people who are all bad, but that's rare. Most of us are what we call benonim. We're in between, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And that's the nature of being a human being. And God understands that because that's the way we're, we are created. And so on that note, um, is this applying these maxims that like we are somewhat good, somewhat bad? Uh, does that apply to all humans or is that only applying to people who are Jewish and of the faith? Like, how does that breakdown work? We're all, we're all, tr- we all should try to do the best that we can. And we should try to live up to the ideas of what is good, what is fair, what is righteous, what is compassionate. And that's true for all people, east, west, north, or south. I think every, every religion teaches you should try to, to be a good person. But uh, there's things, there are obstacles that get in your way, and those, those are realities that we all face. We're all facing those realities every day. And I know that you're imperfect. I know that I'm imperfect. Uh, but one thing that we try to do is get better as we go along, try to improve, become a better person as we go along. And there are, you know, ways of trying to become a better person, but we are helped by other people in our lives. So, you know, you have a wonderful wife. She'll try to help you become a better person. When you become a parent, then you have the responsibility of taking care of, of a, you know, another child, a, a another person as a child in your life that that will make you a better person so there are ways we improve slowly but surely but then there will be an end of life an end of life will happen well that wow i mean this is this is, i love this podcast and i love listening to you explain these things um and i feel like i have so little time now all of a sudden to ask you these precious questions what um what immediately jumps to my mind is does the Jewish God then care how many people on earth are Jewish? I mean, like, how does that part work, according to the Torah? Judaism is, is a religion, is a very interesting religion in this regard. We're not a religion that wants everybody to become like we are. We're not a religion that goes out to try to make converts and have people become Jewish. Because we, we feel that the world is the way it is with a diversity and that there's not just one way to be in relationship to God. So in that regard, we believe that God is a God of all people. We're all children of Adam and Eve. We're all brothers and sisters. And that there may be more than one, or there may be many ways to be in relationship with life and with God. So our way is good for us, and we, are, we affirm that it's our way. We're proud of it. But if a person is a Christian, we respect that person. If a person is a Muslim, we respect that person. If a person is a, is a Hindu, we respect that person. And we don't want them to change. We want them to be... We, what I always say to... When I speak to Christians, I say, Christianity is the best religion on earth for Christians. Judaism is the best religion on earth for Jews. So if you're a Christian, be proud of who you are and be the best Christian you can. And I'm going to try to be the best Jew that I can, but I'm not trying to make you become like I am. Now, there are other religions who feel, you know, historically, we want everybody to be like us. We want to 
convert everybody to our religion. And, that, and that's fine. That's not the way we go about. That's the way we don't think about life that way. Cool. And so I guess now let's focus a little bit more on you personally with how you intermingle this faith. I mean, obviously, you're a very peaceful diplomatic man. And you I mean, you could just tell anyone who's listening to this, whether they're extremely empathetic or not even at all, they can sense that you have a real love and care to see that others are making their way through this life. So what about you personally? Have there ever been any moments in your life where Judaism and your faith has hurt you or helped you? Do any, does anything come to mind? Well, that's a really deep question, and I'm not sure I can really answer that. I don't personally feel that being a Jew has ever hurt me. It's always been helpful to me because I'm proud of who I am. Um, now, uh, we also know that there are times when Jews have been uh, uh, attacked, when Jews have been uh, hated for being Jews or anti-Semitism. Hasn't been affecting me personally very much, thank God. I haven't had a lot of experiences, but I know, you know, I know history. I know people who have been, who've been murdered because they're Jews, but they've always said, you know, that's, uh, I'm not going to give up who I am, even if I'm being uh, attacked. So in that regard, I'd say it's only thing that's really helped me become a better person. I've always been proud to be a Jew. And, uh, and if I run into somebody else, which I have thousands of times, who is a Jew, whether it be you or anybody else, I'm always trying to emphasize the positive elements of being a Jew. I'm trying to say this, uh, being a Jew can be a very positive thing for you, and it can help you uh, have a better life. Now, I think it's helped me have a much better life, not just because I'm a rabbi, and that's what I do, but I feel that it's been a, a centering place for me. I feel that I'm centered. I feel uh, comfortable. I feel at ease with who I am. So in that regard, I've been, been very, very fortunate. Uh, do I feel that God is watching over me? Yes. But that nothing bad's going to happen to me? No. There'll be bad things that are going to happen to me. And uh, they have been some bad things. Not many. I've been very, very fortunate, but I have to, you know, life is filled with ups and downs, and that's the way it's going to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. We learn from the down times. We learn from the pain. We learn from illness, and we try to, you know. But the most important thing for me is to help other people. I'm in this world to be a guide and a help to other people. That's how I look at my life. So, if somebody calls me and they say, I would like your help, my answer is always going to be yes. I want to help you. Let me know how I can help you. And if I possibly can, I will. And what about, um, okay, I'm going to try to ask two questions at once, but I'm definitely going to ask the first one this way. When I was younger, I was raised Jewish. And then at a certain point around 13, I didn't renounce Judaism. I didn't say like, this is BS. I hate it. I just started telling people, well, I'm culturally Jewish. It's a, it's like a family and there's a lot of traditions and habits, but I don't necessarily believe everything in the Torah, nor do I, am I sure that this God is like the only God that really it might just be a greater force. That's God. Again, I'm not going to get too nuanced into it, but I'm sure you've heard this before. How, how do you feel about that? Like someone who says I'm culturally Jewish. I think it's, I think it's, it's a great thing. I think it's an honest thing because not every person who is a Jew has a strong religious faith. 
but they can still be proud to be part of a people, part of a tradition, part of a culture. And for, I would say for, you know, there are only about 15 million views in this world. Not a lot of us, you know, which is fine. We're, we're a minority group, except in Israel, we're a majority. But in the world, we're much of a minority, small minority. And probably a good percentage of those Jews in the world, of the 15 million, are people who say exactly what you just said. I am a Jew. I'm culturally Jewish. I have Jewish ancestors. I have, I'm part of the, the, the Jewish people, but I'm not strong in my religious faith. And that's, you know, and I say, that's, a, that's fine. That's the way you're going to be a Jew. That's fine. Uh, other people say my faith is very important to my being Jewish. And that's a big part of who I am. Fine. But it's about a 50-50 deal. So the, the, what you just said when you were 13, that's probably, you know, you're not like the only person who ever said that. 50% of the Jews out there have believed that and say that. If, yeah. And it's true in Israel, too. In Israel, the numbers might even be maybe 70%. They feel, um, I'm Jewish. I love being in Israel. I love uh, speaking Hebrew. But I don't have a strong faith in God, or maybe I don't have a faith in God at all. Hey, that's... We're living in the 21st century. That's that's reality. I'm not going to make somebody. I'm not going to try to make somebody who doesn't have faith in God into a believer. That's not who I am. So I and I want people who are Jewish to be proud of who they are. If they're proud of their culture, fine. If they're proud of their history, fine. If they're proud of their religion, fine. Any way they're proud is good. So I I identify with what you say and I say, hey, more power to you. Awesome. Well, that segues perfectly into what I think will be my last question for you, which is what would you tell someone who came to you and said, I want to have faith. I want to believe. I just don't see evidence and I don't understand how to. How would you lead someone to finding faith? Well, what I would just simply say, if you want to have faith, if that's something that you want, in, in a sense, you already have faith. Because by wanting to have faith, you're saying it's important. And nobody who has faith knows 100% what the reality is. Even if it has a person has really, really strong faith, like I do, there may be moments when you doubt it and you're not so sure. So just wanting to have faith is having faith. That's by the definition of what faith is. It's a desire to be in a relationship with God. And once you say that, you are. And then you've got to figure out what it means to you. So it, you can't make somebody believe just by waving a magic wand. But if somebody says, I want to have faith, I would say, you have faith by just saying that. That is faith. Wow, that's incredible. And that was very, very inspirational. Um, I always let my guests have the floor at the end if there's anything you want to add. Also, if there's any way to reach you or um, if you have any like social media or anything you want for people. So please, if there's anything you want to add. Well, first of all, I really appreciate this opportunity to talk with you. Um, I'm very reachable, but, uh, you know, it's not a hard thing to do in this day and age. You go on the internet, put, put in my name, Rabbi James Morell, M-I-R-E-L. Believe me, you'll find me uh, in many places. You can connect with me immediately. And uh, uh, if you ask me a question, whether it be you or anybody else out there, in the podcast world, I will respond immediately. 
And if I can help you, I would love to help you. So this is a real privilege to be with you. And I wish you only the best in your future life uh, with your beautiful wife and your beautiful child-to-be. And it's going to be a great journey for all of us. Wow. Thank you so much. That was just incredible. Um, And thank you for helping us add another nail to the coffin on Coffin Talk, exit interviews with the living. Um, And I really do want to reiterate that you are very reachable and very accessible. And there's some great um, footage of you and things like on the internet that people can see. So um, I would really encourage people listening to this to check them out. Um, Again, that's Rabbi James Morell, and he's from Seattle, Washington. And as always, my name is Mike Oppenheim, and you've been listening to Coffin Talk, exit interviews with the living, and we'll see you soon.